0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Hello there tonight. Hello there. Tonight's Ready to Unload is brought to you by No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Don't we
0: ever seem to learn what to say or to leave
1: to say No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow is heading out on the road again next month, so join them for one of these shows. 412 at Voices Cafe in Westport, Connecticut, 425 at Outpost in the Burbs in Montclair, New Jersey, and 426 Fox Run Concerts, Sudbury, Massachusetts. Go to www.facebook.com backslash No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Okay, time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam
0: Pete.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment.
0: Let me explain.
2: No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Grandma's going to kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? Kindness?
0: Kindness? You stole it! He stole it. Solid.
2: We
1: have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number one hundred and seventy, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete talking New York. Wait, hold on, hold on. New York? No, no. We are UD. What? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I can't even get through the intro. I can't. Come in here, Cal. I can't. I can't do it. This might have been one of the nights that I should have opened the show. You should have done the open. Because I, I don't, don't know if I, I don't know if you're a, you're of sound mind to do I this. Know, I don't know if I am prepared to do an open for this show. Cal. Yes. Yes, yes robot. Yes, robot. Please, Cal. Take us. It's episode number one hundred and seventy. It is Thursday night. It is ten p.m. Holy cow!
0: Holy cow! <laughs>
1: Unbelievable Wow Unbelievable I did, I did not know that was coming Who did that? Was it you? It was not me was it, was it the bishop? I don't know Is he here? Is he here? He's here He's here Ah this music is good This will calm me down a little bit Maybe walk Maybe walk around a little bit Maybe take a, Maybe take a lap I may need to take a lap
0: Holy cow, holy cow. He, he brought the, <laughs>
2: got the I gotta pump you right back up.
1: Holy cow, guys, guys! This is this is why we do this shit. Cal, you were saying it before we got on, and before we started the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ready When Load with Cal and Sam. Pede, episode number one hundred and seventy. Uh, we will talk uh, New York sports. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. Maybe it's something really cool. Never something I've never even seen before. I don't know. <laughs> because because we are in uncharted territory here from a from a sports landscape. We really are. This is completely this is completely uncharted territory. I don't even know what to do with myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep on playing.
1: <laughs> PJ, you, you are so proud of yourself for finding that it feels like.
2: Thank you very much. Come on. Are, Who finds that? Who finds that?
1: Well, let's talk about what's going on here.
2: Yes. I've heard there's news. Well,
1: well first of all, hello, PJ.
2: Hello, Bishop. Good evening, gentlemen.
1: Welcome to, uh, welcome to the pep rally. Welcome, welcome to Midnight Madness. You uh, do Flyer style. Are you, are you dressed up as Rudy Flyer right now? You, you guys don't even know who Rudy Flyer is. I have no idea. No. That's, that's our mascot. What is he? Rudy.
2: He's a pilot.
1: A pilot? He's, like a, he's like a World War I pilot.
2: Okay, like, like the right Like person. Snoopy? Snoopy and Correct. the Red Baron? like.
1: That's exactly right. He's got the goggles and the leather hat.
2: Flying the softwood camel.
1: And the cape. That's right. Is, is he cartoonish or is he like a human being? No, he's cartoonish. Okay. He's got the huge, <laughs> you know, the big, the big jaw and stuff. He's very no. frightening.
2: He has no dignity. He's
1: cartooning. Let, let me put it to you this way. If you have... <laughs> he is a mascot, after all. If you have, say, 18 to 24 uh, Milwaukee's best lights in you, let's just say for conversation's sake. Just uh, here, yeah, I'm just falling here. Which we don't talking, recommend I'm, I'm talking
2: about, editorially.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about a friend of mine. Right. Say, this is a complete
2: hypothetical.
1: Let's just say you were wandering around what's called the ghetto at the University of Dayton. Not an actual ghetto, Cal. No, but it's what happened? It's, you know... The, the university bought all the surrounding neighborhoods around the campus and made that the off-campus housing. It was, they were built for NCR in the 50s. And so it's and called it the, ghetto. It's the ghetto. It's affectionately known as the ghetto. <laughs> it's affectionately known as the ghetto and then the dark side. The other side of campus oh. is the dark side, right? The, the wow. other side of the ghetto? Correct. Like opposite done, the ghetto. That's right? So, so on one it, side you have the ghetto, on the other side you have the dark side. Right. The dark side is technically part of the ghetto. I'm very confused right now, yeah, but go on. Yeah, it's just on the, other, on the other side of the university. Got it. So there's campus, all the buildings, the learning, the matriculation goes sure. on there. Right? And then the off-campus housing is the surrounding neighborhoods. The university bought it in the 50s and 60s. Uh, NCR had built all of, all of this, this housing this uh, surrounding neighborhood. university bought it. That's your off-campus housing. So when you live off-campus, you actually live like three blocks from campus. Okay. Right. And it's called the ghetto. You walk house to house. Uh, porches are very valuable. It's, a, it's done with a lottery system, Cal. Or at least it was when I was there. Now, let me ask you, though. Sure. What does this have to do with the price of tea in China? A.K.A., tonight's show well uh, the University of Dayton for the first time in 30 years uh, has advanced in the NCAA tournament for the basketball on the men's basketball side uh, to the Elite Eight sure yes that's right as I was saying about Rudy Flyer let me just finish this I'll finish because again gone. if you've had 18 to 24 Milwaukee's best lights not the heavies mind you the lights and you're walking around said ghetto And if you were to bump into Rudy Flyer, you'd be very frightened. Even if you recognized him. Even if you knew it was Rudy Flyer. You may tackle him. I don't know. Bad things used to happen when Rudy Flyer would be in the ghetto. (laughs) The mascot
2: would roam the neighborhood, in other words? He did on occasion. That sounds menacing. With (laughs) with or without (laughs) the alcohol.
1: He wasn't roaming the neighborhood. (laughs) Let me ask you, this is it's not like we had to put out a, you know, an APB or, you know, this is a Catholic <laughs> university, right? This is a Catholic Marianist university. That's correct. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is this – is, I, I may burn my couch tonight. I may. It all, just, it all just seems perfectly reasonable. Because that's what you used to do. You'd take your couch. You'd put it out on your front lawn of your house in the ghetto, and you'd burn it. Why? Because you got the couch at the Salvation Army for $14. And then the cartoonish mascot Rudy Flyer (laughs) will (laughs) just happen
2: upon you,
0: burning couch. He he would jump on
1: it. He would jump on it.
2: This kind of sounds like a hallucination, and you think you're remembering something. (laughs) Right. Anyway,
1: the Dayton Flyers are in the Elite Eight for the first time uh, after beating really dominating Stanford tonight. I'm shocked. Um, They had played two you know completely nail biter games, white knuckle games against the Ohio State University, <laughs> whatever, and, um, and Syracuse, which was worlds colliding for me because I grew up well before I even knew Rudy Flyer. Before I knew from Rudy Flyer, the 80s Syracuse Orange men were my team. That's right. The Roni Cycle, Derek Coleman, Sherman Douglas – uh, Syracuse, Orange. So, but I, I, I was well over that. So, so they beat we've been, them. We've been, we've been doing this show for five years. This, this, is, this is the fifth year of the NCAA tournament that we've been doing the show, right? Correctamundo. All right, so in those five years, many teams have advanced to the Elite Eight. I, I would say 40 teams. If you're doing your math quickly. <laughs> that's right. Again, that's that University of Dayton education. Forty is forty is right. So, but then, well, you just now you just ruined it because the next question was why? What is the significance of Dayton making the elite eight? Well, they haven't been there in 30 years. No, you are a, an alumni of the University of Dayton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I thought that was well understood. Oh, well, for the, for those who are the less initiated who might be tuning in for the first time. Sure. I thought the. I thought the and welcome, the, by the way. And welcome, welcome aboard. Um, I thought the 18 to 24. Beast Lights, the, the ghetto story. You know, that, that, I mean, the ghetto is probably crazy tonight. This is the same uh, uh, ghetto after they beat Syracuse on Saturday night uh, this past week that uh, the president of the university was crowd surfing through Why the game. I mean, it, this is what we do. I think, the, I think the expression is this is how we do, but I'm not comfortable with that.
0: This is how... It goes. It's University much same. too old
1: to be saying. Yeah, way too old. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm yeah, beside pers- myself, Cal. I really am. On a play. personal level, congratulations to you. Thank you. Because This must be this must be unbelievable. Well, when I said unch- uh, uncharted territory, and they really dismantled uh, Stanford tonight. They really played extraordinarily well. Archie Miller, uh, the Dayton Flyers coach who I mentioned, you know, we talked a little bit a lot about last week. And in that interim, Cal, he got an extension. Uh, which is great. I mean, these guys are always going to leave for the money, but it's really nice. They, they made a really nice gesture to him. Of course, his brother is still in the tournament as well, the head coach of uh, Arizona. So Archie Miller had a fantastic game plan against Syracuse. I mean, he really did. He milked the shot clock all the way down. It was a low-scoring game. They held him to 18 points in the first half. That was the lowest total, second lowest total ever for Syracuse in a tournament game. And they milked the shot cloud on every possession. They played the high-low game. They, I mean, they look like hickory. They were passing the ball five times before they took a shot. Tonight, they did another great job exploiting Stanford's weakness. Stanford had, had the size advantage by far and away. Look, I'm, I'm not going to get into nuts, nuts and bolts. There are much better places for that uh, when it comes to college basketball. If this, was, if this was the Dayton baseball team, we could get into nuts and bolts. But... Um, he really had another great game plan for this game tonight, and they went right at San, uh, Stanford's Bigs. They got uh, a nasty to foul out. They really did an unbelievable job, and you saw 11 players, you know, 10, 11 players play tonight, uh, including freshman guys like Pollard. Cal, they have a point guard named Scoochie Smith. I mean, come on. How can you, who's from New York, I might add, by the way. He's from a prep school in New York. Like, how can we not get behind the Dayton Flyers with Scoochie Smith? You know, they, they really are uh, well-coached. They are athletic. They get scoring. They get very balanced scoring. And they did a fantastic job tonight of exploiting the transition defense of Stanford. When they could run, they did. Uh, and, and then they showed patience on the other. I mean, they just played a great game. This, they hadn't played their best game yet, Cal. They, play, they, they hadn't played – they could have beat Syracuse by 10, 12 points. They could have easily. They really could have. Um, they didn't play a great game. They got fortunate that Syracuse played an awful game. But this game, no doubter, I think they won by 12 or 14. I mean, this was – and they led for almost the entire second half. They had a 10-point lead at the half. Anytime Stanford would get back in the game a bit, they had an answer. I mean, whether, and whether it was Pollard, Oliver, uh, Pierre, I mean, they got scoring from everywhere. Cybert, I mean, they're just, this is fun, Cal. Look at you. I'm in completely uncharted territory. Well, I mean, you're no, breaking no, down no, a college but, basketball game. No, no, not, not that. I can do that. I used to call the games on the, on the radio, for goodness sake,
0: when they how were many, awful.
1: How many college basketball games have you watched uh, besides this year, in the last 10 years, I watch probably four to five Dayton games a year, okay. because they're in the A-10. As I said last week, they're on MSG, they play Fordham, they play St. Bonnie's, they play... And they've been on ESPN, too, uh, a bunch this year. I, I, I try to make it a point to watch four or five games a year, you know, okay. Saturday, Saturday morning, you know, Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock, and I, and I know they're on ESPN, or ESPN2, or ESPN8, the Ocho, you know, I'll flip them on. And the A10 network is, or the A10 conference is, of course, on MSG. So I watch Fortify. but I'm, by no means. No, but I'm interested in college basketball when Dayton is good. That's the truth. Well, and they're good right now. They are they are really, but it's uncharted territory for me for another reason, Cal. Not only is the team that I root for actually doing something positive, which is, I mean, since the Jets and the AFC Championship games has really been lacking around these parts, but it's a college team. I'm a pro fan, and we've been doing this show for you know four and a half years or whatever. We talk pro sports. Right. Because we grew up rooting for pro sports. I mean, you get behind your Johnnies when they're playing well or whatever because you're a, a proud St. John's alumni. And, you know, when the Johnnies are doing stuff basketball-wise, you'd be, you'd, if this was the Johnnies, we'd be doing the same thing for you. No doubt. But you're, you'd be in uncharted territory, too, because this, this sort of passion and this sort of excitement has always been reserved my whole life for pro teams. Well, I have a theory on that. Please. You never played for the Mets. No. You never played for the Jets. You never played for the Islanders. Not to my knowledge. Not only did you attend the University of Dayton, you played for their team
2: for a while.
0: Yes, absolutely. But you were were
1: on the team. Absolutely. So so that's going to make this so much more personal for you because this is part of you. <laughs> it really is. It's literally a, part of you. That's a... a yeah, There's a crazy different pride and excitement that I am feeling right now that I have never, as a sports fan, as a sports junkie, I've never felt before. Right. And you're, you've been around it. You've been witness to it.
0: Mm. I'm
1: someone who gets very excited when his team is winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've watched... Jet playoff games with me. The Patriot game, you know, in 2010, they had to scrape me off the ceiling. I mean, I, I, I didn't think... That was a level of elation reserved only for, you know, what I can imagine a Super Bowl feels like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is, this is wholly different. It's, wholly, it's it's. I have a stake in it. Yeah. I have a bigger skin in this game, in this, in this particular rooting interest... And now all, you know, my friends from Dayton, we're all on Facebook and together and like people are posting pictures and it's just, and Dayton's getting really nice national publicity and it's a great school. I love my school. You know, I'm super proud. I was the first guy, what, from Comac to go there, I think in 13 years. It wasn't exactly a super trendy choice from Comac on Long Island. And I went there to play baseball. That's the only reason I went there. And right. I, I I only did that for a year, and then I wound up staying there for the next three because it was great. It was the best place in the world to go to school. Right. It's fantastic. So this is weird. <laughs> this is weird, wild stuff. You know, and getting congratulatory texts from people like out of the woodwork. This is weird. Yeah. Well. You know? But it's a, but it's a good thing and Oh, it's nice. It's nice. And what we were talking about before we before we came on is that we suffer so much with our teams. You know? We specifically do. specifically us, we're not we're not Yankee fans or uh Patriots fans, you know, Boston Celtics whatever. We're, we're not fans of teams that win more than they lose. It's it's the the teams that we root for lose significantly more than they win. They do, right? So they do. when a team finally breaks through to this level, it's one of our teams, it it just it feels so much better. I shouldn't say it feels better. It feels different because I you take, you take a Yankee fan or you take a, a, a fan of a team that wins consistently and they'll tell you that it's great all the time. But I can't imagine the intensity of the greatness is as much as it is right now for you. It, it is a, that's a great point because it's an entirely different thing. And they haven't even, like, they've gone to the Elite Eight. That's a place they've only been really three times ever. Okay. Um, and, they, and they haven't been in 30 years. They went to the Elite Eight in 1984 and they lost to Georgetown. Have they, Ewing. have they gotten past the elite eight ever yes they lost in the in the championship game to ucla in 1967 okay um they have not been to a final four though like in the traditional sense all Right. you know they, they they said something tonight and i i used to know all this cal when i would call the games on the radio um, and I don't want to make it sound like I was the voice to the Flyers or something. I was on the campus radio station. We used to rotate and do games. I think I did in my three years of doing it, I think I did like maybe 10 games. But it was great. It was a great experience. You sat courtside, and those were terrible Dayton teams. <laughs> you know, Jim O'Brien had gone to the tournament in 90. I got there in 92. So you're thinking, and that's, that's, that's Jim O'Brien, the guy from the Celtics. and sure. And he got to the twenty, and I think they won a game in ninety. So I think they went to the round of thirty-two. So everybody was real hot, but he couldn't recruit. He would, he refused to recruit outside of Ohio, and they were just bad. They were just bad teams. But we got to, I got to call a game with Anthony Hardaway before he was Penny, hey, uh, from Memphis, and I got to call a game with Don uh, D'Antonio Wingfield, or Baby Shaq, as we call him, right? Um, and there were there were a couple other NBA players that we we got to do games for. I was there the night they upset St. Louis. St. Louis was ranked, like, 15. And a kid named Sean Hahn hit eight three-pointers uh, for Dayton. And uh, we called that, Kevin and I called that game. But again, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't, like, the voice of the Flyers or something ridiculous. I did, you know, college radio like people do, like you did for St. John's. People did college radio. Right. Um, and, I, and I did Dayton Flyer games. But um, they, they said tonight that they were, the, like, the second most winning program in Division I college basketball in the 50s and 60s like second only to like UCLA or something like that I mean there's a nice there's a nice rich history there it's a nice small school
0: it's I don't even know what to do
1: <laughs> so now so it's now they're going to play on, they're going to play Saturday now they're going to play Saturday night and they're going to play the winner of UCLA and who who is UCLA Florida, Florida. Okay. UCLA Florida yeah either one of those two teams, Dayton would be a decided underdog. Yes. I would think. Oh, easily. They were dogs tonight. Not a a heavy dog tonight, though. They were two and a half, three-point dogs tonight. Okay. They were were seven-point dogs to Syracuse, and I think they were six-point dogs to Ohio State. If it's Florida, which it should be. It'll be double digits. They'll easily be 10, 12-point dogs. Easy. Easy. But they showed something tonight. They did. I mean, they they showed a – not only did they win, they showed a lot of belong-etude. They played with composure. They played uh, a very disciplined game for the most part. Um, They played like a big-time program. You know the other one I love, Cal? Only non-BCS football school left in the tournament. Yeah, is that right? Of the Sweet 16. They were the only non-BCS, yeah. Because Dayton's football has always—it was three when I was there, and then they moved to one AA. They have the exemption, right? So all their sports are one except football. Great program, big time, big time Division three and Division one AA program with the winningest coach in college football history. Yeah, Mike Kelly. Well, no, that's Bear Bryant. I thought or Joe Paterno. Joe maybe, Paterno? No, I, I forget. He has maybe best winning percentage. He has a crazy... It's not Joe Paterno. It's the guy from Grambling, Eddie Robinson. No, but Joe Paterno passed him. I thought Eddie Robinson had it. He's got some record, Mike Kelly. It's fine. Kelly ranks... I'm, I'm sure Kelly... Great record. Kelly was... In 27 years, Kelly was 246-54. and 54. Wow. He is 20, uh, top 25 of college football coaches all time in both winning percentage and wins. I think an 80, 80 win, 80% winning percentage. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what... I think for a time, Cal, he had the, the best winning percentage ever, I think. Anyway, again, really proud basketball program for those years, but never made noise in the tournament. They won the NIT a couple years ago in 2011, right? Uh, but this is just... This is nice. So... Saturday night, I'll be... Uh, you, know, you know my other... The last thing on this, and then we can, we can move on. My other favorite aspect of this is getting to listen to Mike Francesa talk about the University of Dayton Flyers tomorrow. For, app- like an, for like an extended period of time. Yeah, so he, he, he wrote them off,
0: which is fine.
1: His big thing the last few days, Cal, has been... You know, Florida had the easiest way to the final four because they're playing ucla and they have winner of the dayton stanford game neither team should pose any sort of threat in florida well objectively. which is fair which is fair right. absolutely, no 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 i'm saying it's absolutely fair yeah but i now, didn't know listen, i listened to him today but the other two days he didn't even talk about the dayton stanford game it's almost as if it wasn't happening so hey, you know what you got
2: to talk about us a little bit a little bit
1: well, they're an 11 seed, and now they're in the Elite Eight. So they would, they would have to be, like, if the casual fan is going to get behind the Cinderella, yep. that would be Dayton at this point, I think. Yep. right? They're the, they're the lowest-seeded team left. And, then, and the 11 seed is a little bit of a misnomer because they're a good team. They were a good team. They've also now won 13 of 15 games. No, 14 of 16 games. Now they're peaking at the right time. That's... So that's what this tournament's down. all about. It is, Cal. Good job. <laughs> See, we can break down college basketball. Says who? You broke that down. You broke that down like uh, Clark. By Tal. Like Stephen Kellogg. Like who? Who, who, who uh, did you break down? Uh, like Stephen Kellogg, not Stephen, Clark Kellogg. Stephen, Kellogg. Stephen Kellogg is a uh, author, by the way. The less
0: the lesser-known Stephen Kellogg breaking yes. down a college basketball. Game. <laughs> yeah. That's because how I did it.
1: The Island of Skog.
0: So listen, Do you remember congratulations.
1: This? Thank you, sir. Thank this is, you. This is great. We're all we're all living vicariously through you with this. It's pretty wild stuff. It's wild stuff. And it I'm, really I'm, is great. I, and I tell you, I'm tempted to watch that game on Saturday night, but I haven't watched a single game. I know, and I'm going and I will to not demand, start now. I'm going to demand no. that you that you tune out. Will not start now. Drop out, tune out. Do, do all the outs.
0: Yeah, everything,
1: gonna... everything that Timothy Leary said, do the outs of. Do everything. Not the yeah. old net pitcher. No. <laughs> With the eyebrows. With the eyebrows. Not him. That's all I remember about Tim Leary. Crazy eyebrows. Oh, no. The other thing I remember is that he was supposed to be the next Tom Seaver and blew his arm out in his first yeah. start in Chicago. Yep. Because it was four degrees. It was four degrees, right. Classic. Classic Mets. Only the Mets. It is only the Mets. Sometimes. Isn't it? Sometimes. Isn't it? Um, yeah, that's... Okay, we're good. We good with, we good with Dayton? I'm okay. Yeah. I should take a lap. I really should. We should, we should bring PJ in to let's introduce the PJ, show Popper. Let's bring PJ back. Let's hear this one more time. Because he kind of came in and then we just started talking and then he left. And we really did. That was kind of rude. And he may be a closet uh, basketball fan. I think he wants to hear more about the ghetto.
2: I want to know more about this mysterious student ghetto. No,
1: no don't say student ghetto. Just say ghetto. It's the ghetto. You, you can even say... and, his, and his mama there there
2: besides students? Say, did like, did people, other people willingly live there?
1: No, it's all students.
2: Then what's wrong with that's, my that's, name? That's the beauty part. It's all students.
1: There wasn't like a, a, a sixty year old townie that just was in the middle of all that. Dark side. He wouldn't yes. leave. Oh dark he wouldn't leave. Dark side, yes. Not in the not in the ghetto proper.
2: I'm not comfortable with that name either. Dark side. What's going on there? What's wrong what's wrong with that? I don't know. Sounds like you just you're putting you putting part of the town down.
1: It's 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 as if you weren't at Binghamton listening to Dark Side of the Moon under the influence of, say, oh, I don't know, incense?
2: Sure. Clove cigarettes. <laughs> clove cigarettes.
1: If there's, You have never had a clove cigarette in your life. please.
2: <laughs> Not only did I used to smoke clove cigarettes. Come on, but, stop, stop. But our friend Tony threw Showed me out over. of his car. You know Tony. Tony threw me out of his car because he said I smelled like a ham. <laughs> He's like, you did gotta you, get out of my car, Pete. You smell like a ham.
1: What not you have Hormel brand clove? Are we eating a pineapple at
0: the same time? <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: you, you probably should have put that pineapple down.
0: Well, apparently
2: they they make me smell like ham. It was think, it was a you, short phase. I,
0: thank you.
1: I I cannot envision that. That's okay. Well, we I, had a buddy I, that, we had a buddy that smoked to, a pipe for a long time as a way to talk to
2: women in a bar. I was going to say, I Back- used to enjoy a pipe.
1: Of course you Well, did. that I believe.
2: I of used course. to enjoy smoking a pipe because I didn't like the taste of tobacco, but I liked flavored tobacco. That was cool. And the, <laughs> the, the pipe was, a, was the only way it was to a get it. strong. Cool's a little I strong, know.
1: sailor. Slow down. I was trying. Listen, Captain Black, just relax. You, cool your jets. No, we he had a buddy that, he, that adopted that as his, as his thing in a bar. He started wearing it. Yep. Yeah, he, he, no. he decided everybody needs a gimmick to pick up girls in a bar, and his was a tweed jacket and smoking a pipe. He was, he was, he was 21 years old.
2: <laughs> I never took <laughs> on, that out on, on Long the Island. town. On Long Island. That was just for the living room with, with a book. My dad smoked a pipe for years. I love smoking
1: a pipe. I have very fond remembrances of that smell. I like that smell a lot. The smell is very nice. Yeah. I feel like you'd need a beard, though, to smoke a pipe.
2: <laughs> you could offer me a million dollars. I couldn't grow a beard.
1: And it's yeah. not because you didn't want to. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> just, just, you're, you're incapable of it. Is that what you're saying?
2: I just lack the whiskers. They, just, they, don't, they don't show up.
1: So it would not be for lack of trying.
2: I'm a fairly hairless guy.
1: The will is there. The hair is not.
2: <laughs> the hair is weak.
1: <laughs> so upping, upping the stakes from last week where I said I would pay you seven to $8,000, PJ, to wear Williamsburg skinny jeans
0: <laughs> out,
1: out in public. <laughs> Don't think
2: I haven't looked online.
1: Right. You could use that cash. I am now adding a pipe to this visage, to this to this little walk down Graham Avenue that you're taking. I am now adding a full-on pipe. I, we haven't decided what your shirt is going to be. I feel like he needs yeah, the, to have a blazer the on. The pipe over. is no
2: trouble. The pipe is certainly no trouble. I'm afraid I would, I'm not going to be able to find the skinny jeans. Although I do have an announcement. I did lose seven pounds. So ring that. hey!
1: hey. Ba, 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 ba. Look, this morning
2: show clapping. Thank is that, is you. Is that what we're
1: doing now on the podcast? done. <laughs> great,
2: we're
1: great. We're a morning show. Good job, everybody.
0: PJ, PJ, PJ. How much is it Let's ask
2: embarrassing questions to men on the street. Well, you know that's coming, Jay. Oh, you know it is.
1: This is speaking of speaking of Jay Leno. Let me just say this, and then we got to talk about baseball season because it's coming. But you guys will love this. So, somebody in my office comes up to me and says, "About the you guys saw about the Girl Scout right who sold the most cookies or whatever, and her right she like broke the Girl Scout cookie record.
2: You guys okay. had to see this. Come on, you have girls, and I have cookies. What, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, who's we in the Girl
2: Scouts?" My daughter doesn't read Girl Scout news.
1: (laughs) She doesn't? She doesn't get the Girl Scout news?
2: No, she's a future troublemaker. Are you kidding? Nice.
1: They don't have that sense of pride when when a fellow Girl Scout achieves something. (laughs) They could kill us. Girl Scouts record-breaking sales. 12-year-old Katie Francis sold 18,107 boxes of cookies. Eighteen thousand. What does she win? The record had stood since, had been standing. The record was was since nineteen eighty six, right? Eighteen thousand. And I'm trying to. Somebody said that like she did it in Colorado or something, right? Like is she from Colorado? Well, that would make sense. Right. I couldn't tell if somebody was like making that that awful joke. And I'm like, who are you, Jay Leno? He's like, e- you know what her business plan was? She, she waited outside the pot of series. He sold them inside the pot the I'm like, come on. That's not real. Why are you Jay Leno? Like, that's a... But I, that, who said that?
2: Was that a real element of the story? I don't, know. don't know. That's
1: what I'm trying to find out.
0: Mm. Is the that problem I'm with these Girl Scout Jay press Jay releases are very story? thin.
1: I feel like... This guy said that as fact, and I said, who are you, Jay Leno? And he actually took it, got it from Jay Leno. Who is this guy? She's from Oklahoma, so there you go. No, who is this guy that said that? It's the guy at work. It's not important. Oh, oh. oh. I'm looking you to out him. I he, know if you're or not. he presented as fact. That was her business model. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I just said... She's going to
2: ston- sell it to stoners.
1: Right. And I said, what you, Jay Leno? Like, that sounds like a Jay Leno joke. Said, no, 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 that that's what she did. And so, <laughs> I, I know we have brought up Jay Leno in the past on this show, and I wanted to bring that to you guys. Have you ever had that experience where somebody told you something, like, as fact, and it turned out to be... Like a joke, a or joke. yeah, or like a, like a they picked it up on like a, The Onion, like The Onion's a great example. Yes, yes, and something very recently happened where someone was was telling a story that they saw on The Onion, and not to explain, no, The Onion is a satirical publication. That's it. That's what so, I was. That's that's what I was trying to find out from you guys. Right, it, I, I kind of had that, that experience. Story, yeah. So that's
0: okay. Jay Leno
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he's on the air anymore, so I'm thinking who in the late night talk world would make that joke? Well, it could have been Jay Leno. He just didn't say it on the air. Right. Maybe. Maybe he could have he, been hanging out with the writer of the story. Pete, you had to have had that happen to you, where somebody stated an Onion story as fact to you and 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 like ran with it.
2: I make it clear before I start any conversation with anybody that they better have vetted their facts. So, no. That does not happen to me because they know I'm a serious man.
1: How do you... Are you a man of letters?
2: <laughs> I have several letters. Because which that I will divulge at the nice. end of the show. Nice. Nice.
1: But, how do you do that? How do you, how do you broach that topic with somebody when they're about to tell you something?
2: I you simply just, put you up the hand. It, I say, yeah, I say, well, easy, easy. First of all, where'd you get this? And they know right away. Don't try to put one over on me. Because I'll haunt you.
1: <laughs> Do you mean, are you using haunt like my, like my great aunt would?
2: <laughs> haunt? I'm not like, familiar with you. Using it,
1: are you using it like scooch? Yeah. No, oh, you're haunting he, me already. And I think I'm right. in, in the literal sense where you, you meet right. This person will be home alone and <laughs> TJ will show up and peek inside their window.
2: <laughs> Here I am above the chandelier. And with this a
1: screen is, mask. This is for telling me the wrong information.
2: That's right. Next time maybe you won't read Newsmax.
1: <laughs> Have you ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? <laughs> uh, um so let's uh, oh uh, I had one other thing I've been dying to share with you guys.
2: I know That's my mother in law, by the way.
1: <laughs> what I want to share with you guys?
2: <laughs> no, my mother in law is Annie Potts.
1: You mother in Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> Quit out of jobs than this. It's turning into the, the Mike is... Douglas show. It is turning into the Mike Douglas show. Um the other day, Teresa, my wife, who you know, look, we, my wife, right? We uh, comedy bang bang. We abuse, <laughs> you know, the idea, this notion. We really do. This notion that our wives aren't into sports and that they make fun of us for doing the show, and and it's true. <laughs>
2: they they we're do. Not make fun of, any? of
1: us. yeah. They, Does well, that happen? You, know, you get made we're not fun not of. Using, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right.
2: Had <laughs> to go to school in the ghetto, and now you're getting made fun of.
1: No school in the ghetto, good. Being oh. made fun of uh, by the wife for sports talk, bad.
0: Cowardly, but I need to,
1: I need to give credit where credit is due. Okay. Saturday night and tonight, unbelievable job by Teresa, letting me watch the games. Like you know, taking care of the kids or or, or, or you know requiring minimal help. Nice um, and she she usually does a great job of this, so we shouldn't go crazy uh, but we, we should. Now, it helps a ton that I can watch it on my phone. You're watching the actual game or you're watching yeah. the game?: no, I can watch the, you can watch the game on your phone. You go to nCA.com and download the app, and I'm watching the actual game. it's about. 45 seconds to a minute behind. In, okay. in high def, on my phone. Wow. So I was doing that on Saturday night. I was doing that while I was putting Casey to sleep. Trying really hard not
2: to throw him. <laughs> Launch him. Something good. Go I was going to say, you,
1: Dunk him. You're,
2: you're a yeller when you, <laughs> when you watch the sports. Yes.
1: Um, but the other one... She, the other day, she said... It's, it's not important what she was talking about. It was non-sports related. But she said, uh, Cal, you'll love this. She goes, uh, completely again, like unsolicited or unprompted. She goes, oh, that's a terrible job by him. By who? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. She says, oh, why are you trying to, why do you need names?
0: You've <laughs> been quoted. You?
2: I'm not. <laughs> is why Cal is trying
1: So who, by who? Who, who is she talking about?
2: Cal is taking one from my book. He's just, he wants you to check your facts. That's it. That's all. I
1: feel like, I feel like uh, I watched episode three of True Detective now, Peach, and I feel like he's, uh, I feel like he's cold in the box there, questioning me. Love gossip. That's all it is. <laughs> who, who? Who are you talking about there? Who is she talking about? Who is it?
0: I'm Kate not even made. part of the conversation. I'm over listening. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I poke my head in. Oh, who is that?
0: But she did it. That
1: was that was awesome. She used like a sports, sort of thing.
0: and no, it, it, did.
1: it fit perfectly. This person had uh, had just failed to do something, and she was and I, and I was like, yeah, you know, I think it was it was about work or whatever. Like somebody at work didn't do something. See now, the more details you provide, the more I want to know who this is. <laughs> Same guy, Same at guy. work. Who, who's, who's taking? The, who to the same guy who told the Jey story? That's right. <laughs> he had a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> somebody at work failed to do something or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, that's a terrible job by him." And I was like, "Who are you, mad dog? Like, if only she, I was gonna say, if only she had done it like Russo, All right? <laughs> if only she'd be like- look, I can't kill him on that. That's a terrible job by him.' What would you do if she broke? If she just pulled that out of nowhere? I don't, I don't know." What would
2: you... What does would your you wife do po- impressions?
1: No. no. She does not. She, you, know, she, you know what? She does one impression. Guess.
2: Guess? It's not, it's not a
1: famous... Yeah, that's right. She does one impression. And it's unflattering. Cool. <laughs> that's it. She'll even say it. Oh, I only do one person and I do him perfectly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just, just the one. Not, not the walk so much. She doesn't even have a walk-in. Everybody's got a walk-in. My wife has one impression. I'm guessing it's you as well. No, it's not. She can't do me. <laughs> no. And that's and, Lunacello. No. No, you'll never guess it, so I'll have to tell you, but it, just, it seems to be re- like she's really into it right now. For whatever reason, she does it what? like every day, and I'm like again with this with the her impression is of Fred Armisen doing Joy Behar.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what? Wow! Yeah.
2: <laughs> that makes me laugh.
0: Well, at first it was
2: it was cute. Still on the Joy Behar thing,
0: it's not just, enough not already with the it's
2: Armisen.
1: Not Joy Behar. Right? Do we? do like what you do when you do impressions of the SML member doing, doing the impression. Yeah.
0: Yes. And that's She's uh, not a funny you know, person. It's,
1: <laughs> so it's not like she's, she's want to do impressions or, you know, voices. <laughs> so it's, it's a little awkward. Well, maybe she can work that into the act. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, she's a one-strict pony, then. Quick <laughs> that's the act. Okay, okay, what would happen if Fred Armisen, as Joy Behar,
0: <laughs> was, was
1: teaching a second grade class? I think it would go a little something like this.
0: And she then turns she around. Turn,
1: <laughs> she messes up her hair for some
0: reason. <laughs> you
1: guys, even you the girls are just sitting at the table like, what, are you, what, are you, what is she doing? What is, what, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> The uh, in her eyes again, right? I lied. Teresa does do one impression, and she does it very, very well. She Ew. does it. She does it. No, no. Besides me, oh, um, she does. Francis McDormand in Fargo. That's a good one. Really, oh, really that's well. good. You want some eggs, Norm? She does. She does. It. He's fleeing the scene. He's fleeing the interview. She does it really, really perfectly. So I lied. She does it really well. Hey, maybe for Mother's Day we can have the wives do the show, (laughs) right?
2: (laughs) You think? You think they? My wife does a few. They're all uh, they're all racially charged, so I don't think (laughs) (laughs) so. Here's the guy behind the deli counter. No, honey, please don't. Please. Please.
0: In his presence, does she do them?
2: <laughs> right to his face. I, I, I
1: did not see that coming.
0: She,
2: she really, she
1: works blue around the house with that stuff too, right? I don't, honey. Oh, I yeah. Don't think that's, I do not think that's appropriate. That, that is a stereotype that is long gone, as far as I know. Right. That is, that is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> You're married to Don Rickles.
2: <laughs> Let me tell you a story about the TSA agent I just had. No, no, honey, honey, no. It gives <laughs> her up.
1: <laughs> it's not that kind of room. You ever, do you, seriously, though, have you ever you ever experienced that when someone does an outdated impression of, like, It's 2014. You can't do that anymore. Yes, absolutely. It just happened today, and it was it was just like uncomfortable. Who did it? Who did it? It was somebody (laughs) at work. It's not important. (laughs) I want to know. It was the guy you work with.
0: (laughs) He was at your office.
1: (laughs) I didn't know who he was, but now (laughs) now I know. But yeah, it's just so uncomfortable. You like your laugh? Like it's usually you.
2: Yeah, who? Yeah, I'll bring up like a
1: like you'll make people really, uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll start doing a Ricky Ricardo. But you know why? Strong Cuban accent. Everyone's looking at me. Why is he doing that? They're
1: probably looking at you not because of the Cuban factor, but because you know you're only forty two years old. Why, who has a Ricky Ricardo on call? Like, <laughs> why? Why is that in your arsenal? They're probably right. looking at me yeah, no, like, right. dude, what are you, what are you 70? Like, I don't know who that man is that you're doing. <laughs> like, Baba Lou. Because, what are you,
2: what are you because about? my first audience was my dad, and I always tried to make my dad laugh. So I have a Stan Laurel and a Lou Costello. Naturally. Mom Babley.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can do them all.
1: He's got an unbelievable Jane's Man- Jane Mansfield. It's really good, <laughs> really, really solid. Wow, goodness, that's a, that's a heck of a Frankie Valley you're pulling out there.
2: Good job. I can do I can do a good Frankie. Well, Fra- Valli. yeah, actually,
1: actually, I would I would like to hear that. <laughs> Never mind, I take that back. If you've got a Frankie Valley in the repertoire, I would like to hear that. I'll hey, have to record easier? that and,
2: and submit it. It's, oh, a, it's, it's a little too loud for me to do it right now into the phone. It is.
1: Oh, I think I'm. I think I. I just realized, Kyle. I think I'm recording our Uvu conversation. Oh, sure. good, good. Yeah. Not sure how I did that.
0: Well.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm glad I'm appropriate. You look good.
0: Oh, listen.
1: Got a little facial hair going. Hey, let's. Can we talk about? Uh, let's talk about baseball for a couple minutes. Peach will you... day is Monday. Yeah. Yeah, will you come back in a moment to talk about that fantastic list you posted of the five greatest party killer songs of all time?
2: <laughs> That's a very negative list, but I suppose oh, it'll, probably, it'll probably lead us to other things.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's really not – it's only negative if you don't love things, <laughs> if you don't love awesome things. Right. Uh, okay, we're, we're, uh, we're going to move on to, uh, to the Mets and the Yankees because opening day is on Monday.
0: He's, somebody was ready to go tonight
1: Cal it's time for another season of Indians baseball <laughs> I, here's how I want to do this here's what I'm thinking because let's you know let's not, let's not beat around the bush here you and I have been talking Mets the whole time <laughs> like we need anything special here, uh, and you and I are in uh, in a chat room every day on t- or text messaging each other just about every day about the Mets Just we about. could we could talk about all of those things, but I, I I think it it better for the Mets and the Yankees to sort of pick out two things that you're looking forward to mm. about the two thousand and fourteen baseball season, which we will be at opening Monday, have a beer, have a hot dog. The it's weather seems to look like it's going to cooperate. It's like it's going to be in the six, you know, about 60, which is flat out bombing considering the winter we've had. Um, and also, you know, we'll get to be around other Met fans who will commiserate about how much they hate the team they're about to go see. Yeah, but that's not exactly a selling point. That's where you're wrong. Oh? It's a huge selling point. Go on. It's not at all. It's really something I'm not looking forward to at all. (laughs) Because it's, and it's happened, this is what, our fourth opening day out of the last five years, maybe? We 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 were at two not together, though. So you were there and I were there, but we weren't sitting together. Then we sat together for one. Right. Yeah, I think I've been to, I've been to the last. I was not at the one, the first one at City Field in 2009. I was at the second game ever at City Field. Okay, so 10, 11, 12, 13. This will be my fifth. And oh wow. Okay, this is my fourth out of five. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I. I mean, I, with maybe I maybe in the last in the last 25 years maybe there have been five that I haven't been at. That's that's well, that's pretty good. I go all the, regardless of how I feel about them. I go all of the time mainly because of what opening day is supposed to symbolize. Right. Hope springs eternal. Yeah. And it's the beginning of a new year and it's baseball. We love baseball. Can you are you excited about baseball? Yeah. Uh, cuz I am, but it's tempered by how year-round football has become. I okay. Like, football's – I mean, I'm knee-deep in free agency here. I'm listening to John Itzik on Michael Kay and John Itzik on Boomer and Carton this morning and not listening to the actual shows. Don't panic. Okay. I'm listening to the podcasts of the shows or, oh, or of no. the interviews with John Itzik, which I do want to talk about. Like, we, we just need five minutes because I need to talk about that um, at the end. But um, aren't you, are you excited about baseball because I'm – after having two drafts, I had a, another draft this week. We had our draft like three, you know, two three weeks ago. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm like excited. I'm genuinely excited. Yeah, I am too. And and it, no matter how, how I feel, it it always comes back to that. When you give me, are give two, me two things, two things. Here, you want you want to know what? Go ahead. I cut it's... you off. I'm sorry. You no, you always go back to.
0: Um,
1: you were gonna say, say you always go, yeah. You always go back to being a kid. Yeah, baseball. It's Do baseball. you, I feel like? Yeah. I love baseball. Yeah. I hate the Mets, but I love baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard because you love the Mets. Because I love the Mets. Right. Um, here's the first thing that I'm really excited about. and this is a, It's a stupid little thing, but I am, I am so excited to see them play in Montreal tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Are they, now, where are they playing? They're playing at Olympic Stadium. In Olympic Stadium. Yeah, they're playing the Blue Jays. No. And, oh, I, um, knew that, I knew that, I just I didn't realize it was Olympic Stadium. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm really excited to see them in Montreal. I don't know why. It's weird. I, just think it's, I think it's cool. Well, we grew up with Expos games. I mean, we did. We grew up with the Mets playing the Expos. It was always a weird game to watch. Always a weird to, game to watch. I used to love that, those games. I used to love really? the Expos, yeah. not love them, but I, I, mean, I really liked the Expos. Did you really? They were never a rival, really. No. There was never a time where the Expos beat out the Mets for something No, that we, that we remember. No. You know, they just they kind of coexisted in the National League East, and they kind of stayed each out of each other's way. Fun to see them go up and play in this, in this spaceship stadium. <laughs> right. You know? And they had those crazy uniforms with the, with the loud stripes. And, it was, and a weird crowd. It was a weird crowd. It was a very weird crowd, and they had that, yes. that strange mascot, Yuppie. Yuppie. Oh, what yes. the heck that thing speaking, was? Speaking of nightmares from a mascot. Boy. Yuppie. What were, oh. they, on, what were they on with Yuppie? Yupi uh, was strange. Strange cat. And then yes. they had the, the orange roof, right? They had an orange roof. They had the, it was supposed to be the first retractable roof. Right. That's right. But it, it took like two and a half hours to retract it or something like that. Yeah, and it, well at one point they just they couldn't get it to retract so they just they just left it. Sure. Well the one well, actually at one point they they meant to put the roof on and for years they just never put the roof on. They had that big
0: Right, it was hanging.
1: Right. It was hanging. Extending <laughs> over the open stadium. Then they put the roof on, then they couldn't then they couldn't retract it was, you know Right. It looked like a seventy two Carmen Ghia, like the roof was half off. Um, and, and now they're gone. Now, now the city doesn't have a team, but it, it was always fun. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them play, like, like tomorrow night, Mets in Montreal. They're a very applaudy crowd. That was mm-hmm. always weird to me. Like, they don't cheer, or they didn't when, when I was a kid. You'd mm-hmm. be watching that game, and something good would happen. They wouldn't, like, something good happened in Shea, the crowd roars. Like, the place roars and erupts because people yell and stuff. Like, in the Montreal games against the Expos, it would be, like, you'd hear, like, big-time applause. Yeah. Like, it was like a Broadway show. (laughs) Like, Herm Winningham would hit a, you know, a ground rule double. I mean, there were so many Mets and Expos exchanged. A lot of Mets and Expos. Yeah, there were so many exchanged during that time. Because of uh, you know the Carter trade and uh, obviously the Carter trade being the biggest one, but you know the Floyd Yeomans and Mike Fitzgerald and Herm Winningham and the, the, so many times went back and forth, and then of, of course Rusty Staub sure. uh, going back. Ellis Valentine played for the Expos and the Mets. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys like that. But anyway, so that's cool. Okay, that's one thing you you're excited about. That's that's what I'm excited. So that's that's it
0: immediately. What are you it's
1: excited? What are you excited? For? You you are clearly excited for at least two things. Yes, I'm you good. wouldn't have brought it up if you weren't. The first one's on the field, and the second one is uh, personal. So oh. the first one for the for, first one for the Mets is on the field. I'm really, really excited for uh, for Zach Wheeler. I really am. I, I have really liked this guy since, the, since Sandy Alderson made the trade. He's flying under the radar. He was a huge prospect. I think he's been in Harvey's shadow. He's now in Syndergaard's shadow. This is a guy, to me, who has the potential to be an ace, and he's 24-25. He is ready, and he's, he's completely flying under the radar, and I love it. I, I am really looking forward to Zach Wheeler. Um, and just watching him every fifth day, and seeing him get you know twenty five, thirty starts, I think he has the potential to sort of eh, sort of be that guy for us this year. Like Hardy? nothing, yeah. There's nothing better with them until Syndergaard gets here. There's nothing better with the Mets. Uh, not nothing better. One of the great things with the Mets is. They've always been such a pitching-rich organization that there are, and they've been so lacking in position players, that there is an air in a stadium, whether it was Shea and now City Field, when a certain guy's on the mound. And, like, I hearken back to, like, 84, Friday night, USA cap night, Gooden on the mound against the Chicago Cubs. Dwight Gooden is a, you know, a, a 19-year-old rookie. Pitched a one hitter. Pitched a one hitter. It was a Keith Moreland broken be- or maybe Jody Davis. Uh, no, Keith cool. Moreland. Keith Moreland, little nubber up the line. That uh, uh, I guess Hubie was playing third. Maybe in '84, it would have been Hubie Brooks. That was yeah. um not like like time. Ten nothing game too. Ten nothing. He struck out like seventeen. Yeah. On, on a Friday night, and it sort of announced that the Mets were, were back. And there's an atmosphere. Last year, the second game of the season, which was freezing cold and raining. But Harvey's first outing of the year, um, or it was the second or third game of the season, maybe it was the third game, and Harvey was just dominant. There's a buzz in the ballpark with the Mets when there's that pitcher. Whether it was Tom Seaver, and then it was, you know, Dwight Gooden and 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 Ron Darling, and then you know, the, the, even Johan Santana continued that. Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. I, I, yep. There's something about a a, a Met pitcher, especially like a young one, he can take over the ballpark. It's bigger than a guy hitting four home runs by far and away. It's it's like a Met thing. Yeah, well, that's their history. It really is. It's like a Met thing. Um, so that's one. So Wheeler. That's one thing I'm super looking forward to, Zach Wheeler. I'll piggyback nope. that by saying Syndergaard, obviously. Yeah. I mean, Syndergaard, getting to see, hopefully, Wheeler and Syndergaard Maybe, if I'm greedy, Montero, uh, or Mejia, by the way. To me, Montero and Mejia are interchangeable, Cal. They really are. I still think Mejia has the ability to really be good. Mm-hmm. You, you're a believer in him, too. I know you are.
0: So maybe, yeah. maybe,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so maybe I, I'm a huge believer, and I and I, I think I believe in him more than the team believes in him. Yeah, unfortunately. Um So maybe that August day, you know, that July Saturday, Saturday, Sunday where, you know, Wheeler pitches on Saturday night and strikes out 12. And, you know, then Syndergaard pitches on Sunday afternoon and, you know, know, six innings, fans 10 sort of thing. That would be cool. Uh, Of course, course at that point, there'll be 15 games at a first place. That's right. There you go. There's the optimism we look for. the games won't mean it. Boy, Cal, look at where you are. Look at where you are. Look at you. I'm sorry. Look at you. It's wrong. It's uncalled for. I apologize. Look at you.
0: Look at yourself.
1: You have, uh, speaking of which, you have conflicting... Opinion. So you had Mike Francesa reading a scout's take, an anonymous scout's take, on both the Mets and the Yankees, right,
0: for this season,
1: their prospects for this season. And the Mets scout prefaced his his report by saying they'll be lucky to win 69 games. Yeah, if they win 69 games, it'll be a good season. It'll be a good season, right. This is a team that won 74 last year, blah, blah, blah. And their over-under is, what, 73? Yeah. So you have that, and then you have uh, somebody on Peter Gammon's website with Peter Gammon saying, uh, a Braves' executive says, watch out for the Mets. Their pitching is going to have to be dealt with even without Harvey this year. It's going to have to be dealt with all year. Because once Syndergaard comes up, and Montero's not far behind him, and Mejia, and East, and G, and he said, with that pitching, they're going to be difficult to deal with all year. Okay. So there's, there's sort of conflicting opinions there. What, you hate this team. Yeah, no, no, I shouldn't say that. You don't like what the first minute and the shortstop represent. We've talked about that. Yeah, and the fifth starter. And the fifth starter, right. Which has not been named yet, but you're fairly confident it'll be Daisuke. Pretty sure. I don't. I don't see why they would, especially especially now, in light of the bunion that Henry Mejia seems to have. Well, <clears throat> you're sounding a little like conspiracy there. If you did, they give him the bunion. Oh, all, all of a sudden now, you're hearing about this bunion. Would they give him tight shoes, Cal? Come on. What what did what did he just like? He woke up this morning and had a bunion. He's probably had something for quite some time. Bunions happen. Why? Overnight, do they? That's a a bumper sticker, by the way. You can have it. Bunions happen? (laughs) Period. I'm asking you. Does it happen overnight? Sure. Really? You go to bed, you you got a clean foot, you wake (laughs) up the next morning, you got a bunion. Could happen. All right. Then Is there a bunion bunion fairy or then withdrawn. No, you're right. It's awfully suspicious, and it gives them an excuse to name Daisuke the starting the fifth starter. Yeah, and and the whole arbitration thing and the Super Two, and keep him in the minor leagues for a month. Then, so I don't like the way that they're building this team. I don't like first base. I don't like shortstop. I, I, I just think that they there were opportunities to make this team better that they passed on. Okay. And that frustrates Can... me. Can you think of a second thing to be excited about? Because if not, we'll move on to the Yankees. Well, you, I'm waiting for your second thing. My second thing is a very selfish uh, thing, and that's uh, Wesley is of an age to uh, start really watching a ball game. I like to really start tucking in and, and watching it with me. And so the selfish part of me is looking forward to... Uh, hey, we'll watch the first, you know, three, four innings before bed kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, he started doing it with hockey. By the way, took him to the hockey game Sunday. Oh, you did? Yeah. Took him to the Island League. Bought the tickets, Cal? At a quarter to 12. <laughs> for a one o'clock game. Like, ah, oh, let's go to the game. Yep. Know how much they cost me? Nope. 26 dollars for two tickets. Where'd you get them? On the StubHub? Yep. Nice. Section 311, G. Wow. Perfect. Great seats. The goal that the Islanders shoot twice on. Wasn't it a mascot day there or something? It was WNET Day with Daniel Tiger, oh. curious, curious George, uh, and several other characters, you know, Super Y. Sure. Didn't know that. That was nowhere, that was nowhere on the advertisements for the game. Oh, I, I knew something was going on. I didn't so, know. So we get there. The first period, Cal, he's like this. I mean, he's just... Well, it's, it's a podcast, but he's entranced. <laughs> he sits down in the seat, and he is locked in. We made it for the opening drop, you know, the, the first drop of the puck. Sits there, entranced, watching the game. These guys are huge. They're moving very quickly. He's not saying very much. He asked me who the bad guys were today, because hmm. that's how he... Defines the Islanders and who they're playing. Sure. Dad, Daddy, who are the bad guys? And I said, because uh, I think I said once, uh, he said something like, Daddy, who's winning? And I was like, ah, oh, the bad guys are winning two to one. And he, so he's held on to that. That's how he delineates between the Islanders and who they're playing. So I said the uh, the bad guys today are the uh, Winnipeg, was it Winnipeg? Um, Sunday. This, I think. Columbus, thank you. The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They're in blue. Then he didn't say a word. That was it. Minute and a half left in the first period. He turns to me. I'm saying little things here and there. Ooh, look at that shot. Oh, you know, they scored a goal. He hasn't said a word. Minute and a half left in the first period. I said, uh, buddy, the first period's almost over. Um, you know, we'll go get a hot dog. Maybe we'll look for Daniel Tiger. Okay. Quiet. Turns to me. Unsolicited unprompted on everything and says, Daddy, when I grow up I want to be Batman. That's it. Turns back to the hockey game. Didn't know no there was no no advertisement for Batman. Nothing Batman was happening in the arena. That's it. Just wanna let me know. Again with the Batman this kid. Yep. Yep. He's pretty he's pretty set on this, huh? He's pretty Look, it's starting to make me nervous because that means that Teresa and I are, you know, going to go to the movies one night <laughs> yeah. and dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And he's going to be extraordinarily disappointed to know that I am not a wealthy philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, something's going to happen to us. And he's going to be like, all right, good. Got that part knocked out. All right, good. But wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. I to... What do you mean? No, San Pietro Enterprises. Wait, what? Sorry. I'm looking for the research and development department for Sandpede Enterprises. This is not... I've made a horrible mistake. I've made a terrible mistake. Um, it made the, whole, made the whole game. Watch the whole game. And, and much like when you were his age, it's at a time when the Mets are so bad... That's right. ...that you're watching the games, but, you, but it doesn't mean that, like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. You know how bad they are. As Kevin, as Kevin keeps saying, when it comes to the Mets, his son Ryan thinks they're world champions. Doesn't matter. That's right. They win every game. Doesn't matter at this point. So uh, that's, my other, that's my other thing I'm really looking forward to this season with the Mets. So start watching games with Wes. All right. That's cool. And from a baseball standpoint, there's a ton I'm looking forward to. There is. I'm looking forward to Curtis Granderson. I think he's going to have a great year. I think he helps David Wright a lot. Uh, I think Chris Young uh, has something to prove. I think he's looked very good in spring training. It's full gold, small sample size. I know all that jazz. Uh, but maybe Chris Young can be a positive addition to this team. I think the pitching, even without Harvey, is going to be very good, the starting pitching. I think it's going to keep them in a lot of ball ballgames. Um, I, too, am disgusted by first base and shortstop. There's not much I can do about it. I'm looking forward to seeing Travis Darnot as well. I really am. This is it. 25 years old top catching prospect in baseball, let's go, let's go, been traded twice for two Cy Young Award winners, let's see it, so give me a, give me a second one, quick, nice, got nothing, really, I really don't, all right, how about, uh, well, let's do the Yankees then, two things you're looking for out of the Yankees, two things I'm looking for out of the Yankees, I'm very excited to see what Michael Pineda does coming back, yeah, me too, kid was electric before he got hurt a couple of years yep. ago. Yeah. And everybody was killing the trade of Montero at the time. Yeah. Hated Yankee fans hated the trade at the time, were apoplectic when Pineda then got hurt after that. Right. And the, the trade of Montero. Know. I mean, you couldn't have known that Montero was going to eat Cleveland. Of course <laughs> not. But... Now, Pineda's back, and Montero is 50 pounds overweight, and that trade could look like a steal by July. Yeah. Like an absolute yep. steal. And he's the fifth starter on this team. Uh, so totally really look- agree. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, he was like a guy, we, I believe you and I traded back and forth in fantasy. Yeah. Keeper style. hmm I think he was a late season trade, you know, with keepers, and he was, uh, he was fought over. Right. Uh, big time. I, I, I totally agree. That's a great call right off the bat. This Yankee team, Cal, to me, is completely fascinating. We said this at like the beginning of free agency when they started to build this, this monolith, this, 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 this uh, homage to 2006. We, and They are just completely fascinating to me because they have so many question marks. But their question marks are not your traditional question marks. Right. The Mets have question marks at first base shortstop because Ruben Tata and Ike Davis stink. Stink. That makes the position a question mark. You don't know what you're going to get out of it. If you get anything at all, you're ecstatic. You're expecting to get nothing at all. Their question marks, the Yankees, are at positions with guys that are really good or have a... Track record of being really to. good. Yeah, right. I have a, right, having, and not just like a year or like you know Ruben Tejada two eighty over you know hundred games. Because are talking he's, about a guy like Mark Teixeira.
0: Yeah, you are talking about Derek Jeter, right?
1: You're talking about Derek Jeter. You're talking about Mark Teixeira. You're talking Jacoby
0: about Jacoby Osbury. Jacoby
1: Osbury. You're talking about who's hurt already? CC C. Sabathia. C. C Sabathia. You're talking Carlos Beltran. These are perennial all stars that. You, don't, you can't pencil... No matter what somebody will tell you...
0: Soriano. You can't pencil, you can't pencil them in for anything because you don't know what to expect.
1: You can't. No pencil. No. You, you cannot pencil. I would even, I would even put uh, Brian McCann in that category. You might be able to dry erase. Brian McCann, yeah, you could dry erase. You could put that in. But uh, Corota is a huge question mark because he had a terrible second half.
2: What about Tanaka?
1: <laughs> Tanaka's a guy you've never seen before.
2: We don't even know anything about him.
1: Right. And then closing the ball game out, completely unknown.
0: It's crazy. Because there
1: hasn't been a different guy doing it in 15 years. And Dave Robertson.
0: Hey, Brian Roberts and Kelly Johnson are going to
1: play very important parts in this team. Very important parts. That's your opening day second baseman and third baseman. And then your opening day, first baseman and shortstop, you don't know what you're going to get. You really don't know what you're going to get. No. And yet, their over-under is like 88. I think they're going to have a good year. So do I. I do. I think they're going to have a good year. And you know what? I will say this, too. I will say it because we're talking. You and I are very good at Yankee Predictions. In the four and a half years we've been doing this podcast, very good. Yeah. Have you gone back? That's, that's, not, yeah. that's, it's just, that's not breaking our arms, patting ourselves in the back. Very good. At that time, that we said last year that they were not a playoff team. People laughed. Hmm. I, I think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be a 90-win team. I think they're going to win the division.
0: No. I don't think they're going to be that
1: good. I'm so glad we still have that. (laughs) We should probably do that real quick. Let's do it. Spin around. Spin around the league. Right round, baby, right round. Who's going to win the divisions? Let's do the divisions. Because we're on the eve of the baseball season. Next week when we do this show... in the baseball season will have started. Next week if we, when we do this show will be late to do this. Yeah, because then we'll already have knowledge of what's going on. That's right. Although, too late, we can't, you know, for us to say the Dodgers are going to win the West, we're cheating because they have a two-game standard for everybody. Yeah, I'm not going to, those games don't. What, yeah, I mean, what do you think of that? Australia? It's, what's the any. Deal? Any time that people get up in either up in arms one way or another about this stuff, Bri, I don't care. Who cares? It's last. Can, they're right? trying to spread the popularity of the game. Who cares? Who were, were the games sold out? I don't know. Were they? They were sold out. Okay. Yeah, they Fine. were. Yes, they were sold out. The Mets opened, what was it, in Japan? 2000? Yeah, 2000. Benny Agbayani hit the... Uh, I was up at 5 o'clock yeah. in Watch the morning watching the game. game. You know, to get excited one way or the other, it's really silly. Okay. I mean, what is it costing the Dodgers and Diamondbacks? An extra six games? In their of League? I mean, come on. In the Cactus League, like, who cares? So they play two games in Australia. Are they never going to be the same? Of course, Clayton Kershaw's hurt, but still. Can't play it on Australia. No. I do. Uh, Okay, we'll start in the AL East.
0: Go. In the the AL East, I think. Yeah, let's uh, do our
1: division winners and then we'll do wild cards. Okay, uh, Yankees in the American East.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I'm going to say Tampa Bay Rays. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Don't make me a bad person. They're the sexy pick. (laughs) Central. Uh, I'm going to go Kansas City. Speaking of sexy picks. Yeah, well <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm going to say Detroit.
0: trois.
1: Mm. Uh, and in and in the West. In the West,
2: uh, I'm gonna go
1: with the Angels. I'm going to say my Oakland A's. Oh your Oakland A's. That's right. Okay. They're my American League team, you know that. You like yes, you like the A's. Wild cards? You need two. Two wild cards in the American League. One will be Tampa Bay. Okay. And one will be Detroit. I'm going to say one will be the Red Sox. And one will be... The... 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 the, Kansas City Royals. So no Yankees at all. Yankees out of the money. Wow. Okay. But I think that I think they're you know I think they're 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 like an eighty seven eighty win eighty eight win team. They're like right there. I just think they miss out in the end. Okay,
0: fair enough.
1: Okay, let's go to National League, the Senior Circuit. National League East. i you're not gonna say. I know who you're not gonna say. I'm not going to say Mets, I'm not going to say the Phillies. I'm not going to say the Marlins. could see the Braves maybe, but I think it's going to be the Nationals. I agree. I think it's the Nats. Central. A coronation. Ugh. Natitude. Central. Natitude.
0: Uh, in the Central, we're going to go with... Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I guess. They just, they just do everything perfectly. I know. They're the model. In the West, did you pick the card? Yes. Did okay. In the West, I you know what? I'm gonna say Arizona. Okay, I'm going to say. uh, I think I'm actually gonna say uh, the Dodgers. Okay. Wild cards. Wild cards. uh, Cincinnati. I'm gonna say the Pirates. Uh, And my second wild card will be the Dodgers. My second wild card will be the New York Mets. Okay. Okay. We good? Yeah. So, who's your second wild card? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 seriously. No. Let's. let's... (laughs) going to make the season even worse than a project. You're, lo- you're, you're right. You're looking at me like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you have a look on your face like this, like this is supposed to be a serious podcast. Okay? Like, come on. And I don't have time for your shenanigans. <laughs> I'm like an exasperator for now. You are. I'm going to say uh, my second wild card is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay. There you go. There you have it. Who's gonna win it all? I can't uh, get into that right now. Who's gonna take it home this year? Also, still can't, still can't get into that. No matter is how another, I, is, is, is there another way you could phrase you that? Maybe gonna... try one more time. Who's bringing home the bacon? The Devil race. Okay. Except really? They don't, they don't exist anymore. But but that's you like Tampa? I do. Wow. Okay. I don't like Tampa. You love, I love Tampa. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm. I think Washington's gonna win the whole thing. Happy baseball season, Cal. Yeah, happy baseball season. It's gonna be a good one. It's that's the buy. It's it's the one you've waited for. Right, this for is the one for three years. years. This was this this is, the big one. This is what I've waited for. Yep. Welcome, Welcome aboard. Hey, did you? Well, uh, I'm gonna save it. Oh boy! Final <laughs> unload. Okay, can I do my jet thing? Yes, please. Jet sign Michael Vick. Uh, yeah. A big move. They got killed on... A couple things here. They got killed on holding... Is <laughs> print? I don't know. I think it is. If it references... If it references a dog... PJ's fired. Because um, <laughs> he's no better than the
2: New York Post.
1: And we aim to be a little better than the New York Post here. What was that song?
2: I
0: don't know. Oh, I'm asking.
2: That song was called Controversy. Oh. Controversy.
1: Yeah, you would never do that with a dog. You're so much better than that. I, I, you know what? I apologize for insinuating that you would do that.
2: Only Prince except, would make a song that bubbled like that.
1: Except that the song was done by Three Dog Night. <laughs> That's the catch. The only thing is, Steve, it's by Bow Wow Wow. So, before you, I before get you it. go, before you go congratulating him for being better than that,
0: <laughs> it's by Snoop Dogg it's by, it's by
1: it's, they got, they got killed on they got <laughs> killed on um, of how long they held on to Mark Sanchez like they owed it to him to release him sooner or whatever and there's no starting jobs left and you had no intention of keeping him etc etc hey and John was on um, both shows He wasn't on with Francesa, shockingly.
0: Um,
1: But he was on uh, other shows. (laughs) And he said what we had said. And that's why I'm making note of it. Which was, we considered keeping him. It wasn't a given that we were going to get Michael Vick. And therefore, he was our contingency plan. So... go easy with the killing us on this right you know and Mark we had talked to Mark uh, Sanchez's representatives he knew what the story was we knew what the story was we were protecting ourselves it's called business not show friends it's business and I was really glad to hear him dispel that and there's no bigger Mark Sanchez fan than me Mark Sanchez apologist than me not at all and I was really glad to hear him, you know, squash that. Enough. It was good business. Because you know what, everybody? There was a chance that they could bring back Mark Sanchez on a restructured deal and have him be the court, the backup quarterback who challenges Geno Smith. You know why? Because he was the second best option available. The best option available was Michael Vick. Which is also not a joke. Right. It doesn't make them a circus because they signed the best option available. Here's the other thing that he made really abundantly clear in these two interviews, which I loved. They got killed for years for not bringing in competition for Mark Sanchez and just giving him the job, coddling him, uh, basically setting up a scenario where he had zero competition in the decision, so therefore no pressure. They got killed for this, for having Mark Brunel there all those years, etc. Now with Geno Smith, who, by the way, my favorite quote was, uh, you know, everybody using the parcels. when you have two quarters, you really have none. Yeah. Here's, here's the problem. The Jets only have a half a quarterback in Geno Smith. They don't have one. They don't have two. He's not a known entity yet. That saying is when you have two quarterbacks that are either both rookies or both established. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. When you have one guy who you don't know what he is yet, then you don't have two quarterbacks. You have one guy who's established and you know what he is, and you have another guy who you don't know yet, and you have to find out. So why in the world wouldn't the Jets Go get a viable option to Geno Smith. One side of the people's mouth, they're saying that Geno Smith is not the answer. He was terrible for five games his rookie year. He was, you know, he, he set records for futility for five games. He was awful. Look at his numbers, 26 turnovers. He's, you know, he's a second round draft pick. He slipped in the draft for a reason. He's got all these things, all this noise. And then on the other side of their mouth, they're saying, how could they do this to Geno Smith? How could they bring in a guy to compete for the job? How, they're they're going to have a quarterback controversy because there's another quarterback there. Which one is it? Which one is it? Should they have handed the job to the guy who, was, as a rookie, was terrible for a stretch of eight games and was also very good for several others who you don't know what you have yet, who was a second-round pick and not the fifth overall choice? I mean, just turn the reins over to him? That's it? It's your job? Oh, well, then you'd be coddling him, wouldn't you? Or do you get a viable backup in case he stinks? See, this is is what, to me, became evident. And again, I didn't love Vic. You didn't love Vic just because of the fragile nature uh, of his self. (laughs) Just because of his fragile nature over the last few years. He's been very fragile.
0: You don't want that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's been very injury-prone. But, that said, he was the best quarterback available. You weren't going to go trade for Matt Schaub and pay him $10, $12 million a year. He's better than Josh McCown. He's better than Sean Hill. He's better than Matt Castle. He's better than every other quarterback that was out there. Not only is he the he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's better than Matt Flynn. He's better than all these guys. And he steps onto the field on day one of training camp, and he knows the offense and he knows the offense. He was in it for 3 years. He had his most successful season ever in it. Yeah, there's not another there's not another quarterback you could have signed as a free agent that well, would the fit, case. that fits perfectly. More the, perfectly only, the only other quarterback that had that was Mark Sanchez. Which and as that, we as we in a vacuum, he would have been better. But but you can't even say that really. Because Sanchez didn't have the experience in Marty Morningwick's system that Vic had for three no, years. No, you're absolutely right. So yep. Vic, is, Vic actually fits better than Sanchez? He does in a lot of now, ways. Now, from a, backup, from a backup perspective, I think I agree with you. I'd rather have Sanchez, because
0: he's season-ending injury notwithstanding. He's probably
1: more durable than Michael Vick. Yes. So if Geno Smith starts the season and he goes down, you have to worry about bringing injury from the quarter in as the backup. Absolutely. But, you know, from a football standpoint, this wasn't done to sell tickets, and this wasn't done to put fannies in the seats. This was done to put together a competitive football team. And the more and more I think about it, Bri, I think it's fairly obvious that the way this is going to work is Gino has the job. Gino has the job right now. And they're going to go through training camp, they're going to go through the practices, the OTAs, the mini camps, unless he displays his job to lose. I don't think Vic has to outplay him anymore. You know what you have in Michael Vick. He knows offense. He's been in the league for 10, 12, 13 years. I mean, notwithstanding three years, which we'll get to. Okay, but you know what you have in Michael Vick. You still don't know what you have in Geno Smith. Geno has to play well in practice and the preseason and he keeps the job if he doesn't, if he bombs if he looks lost if he does not look good and that third preseason game is very important because it's like a real game then you give Vic the job and guess what? you're not flushing a whole freaking season down the toilet Right. you have a viable NFL starter look at that and you're still rebuilding. You have 12 draft picks. You haven't blown all of your money in free agency. Which, what, what could you do with one of those 12 draft picks? What could you do? Draft a quarterback. Exactly. I, I, not only do I not have a problem with the move, and I'm not rationalizing it again, I still have the same problems I had, and that's the Vic injury factor. But from a football standpoint, this makes all the sense in the world. And the way they did it was good business. Well, look at the contract they signed them to also. One year, $4 million. Two million guaranteed. Nothing. Nothing. And, again, with Sanchez, they operated completely on the up and up. Itzik said on both interviews, we talked to Mark's representatives, he knew what was going on. Yeah, but there was... Kay was like, yeah, but there was no possible chance you were bringing him back. And it was like, well, I think you're making some assumptions there, Mike. yeah. He addressed the, uh, the reports about him being unethical, too. Oh, yeah? Because, again, you know what? I can't stand Kay. Brian, you know that. I, do, I hate Michael Kay. I really do. I have no problem saying it. I really dislike that guy. Um, but I, know how I, feel. I have to give him credit. He asks questions that other people don't ask. And, and a lot of it's because he's an asshole. I mean, a lot of it is. A lot of it is. I, I, I'm sorry, it's after 1130. I, I know. I, yeah. A lot of it is because he's an asshole. And so he asks assholic questions. That <laughs> like a real jerk would ask. And one of the ones he asked him was, there were reports that you're unethical. There were reports that there were people in your front office who were disgusted by the way you do business and that you moved too slow. What do you make... John's sixth answer was perfect. He went on about how he's always done business the same way and I think was very calm and measured. Mm I think think, uh, any agent that knows me and has been working with me for 15 or 20 years is pretty much getting the same thing they've gotten the entire time. (laughs) And I think everybody here in the general, organization is excited to be a part of the JET organization. Did he, did he do it like Nicholson? He, he did.
0: <laughs> he did.
1: No, it was great. It was, it was a tremendous answer. So, got to give Kay credit, even if he's doing it because he's an idiot. Right. He, he asked those questions. So okay. Anyway, now, last thing with Michael Vick's past and character. Itzik was very... Assertive, not assertive, there's the wrong word. He said that one of the reasons it took so long was because of how thorough they were in investigating Michael Vick as a person. Okay. And doing their due diligence on his rehabilitation since um, his, uh, the disgusting and vile acts that he committed. And they absolutely, he said, are taking the fans' reaction to Michael Vick into account. It's important to them. They understand, but they feel like once people see uh, what Michael Vick has become and what he's tried to become, um, they will understand why they thought it would, you know, it'd be it would be okay to bring him in. There are people like my cousin Michelle. Uh, cousin Show is a big fan of the program. Huge fan of the program, and she's awesome, and she's a great sports fan. Um, you know, she was ready to give up on the Jets, Cal.
0: Because of the signing? or Yes. Okay.
1: Because she can't be a part of anything Michael Vick is a part of. She doesn't want to root for anything Michael Vick is a part of. And that's okay. I mean, there are people that feel that way about... Uh, what Michael Vick did and people that are that passionate about that and I I said to her I said look I said you you can root for the team he's probably not going to play if he does play you can root against him you know I wouldn't give up on the team I said he has done a a lot to try to rehabilitate himself you know but you never you're not going to change certain people's minds nor should you try to and you have to respect their opinion that's right. It's fine if it's a, And their uh, feelings. feelings. It's a, it's a charged charged feeling. I think I I mean personally I don't it's not bothering me. I feel like Michael Vick went to jail. I feel like Michael Vick has paid a price for the disgusting and despicable acts that he was involved in. Uh acts that he was Uh, you know, not only party to, but, you know, we we all know the situation. So I feel like he's tried, everything I've read, he's tried his very best to be a better person. You know, Sal Palantonia said it before they signed Vic. He said he's matured in every way off the field. He's gotten married, foundations, community work, really trying to... uh, not only repair his image, but, you know, make amends for being a pretty disgusting person, doing disgusting things. You know, Palantonio's thing was he hasn't matured on the football field. He still still throws, you know, he still throws bad picks and he still, you know, uh, runs ragged and he still, you know, but, but, what's your, do you have any, we haven't really talked about it. Do you have any feeling about the outside stuff with Michael Vick? I, yeah, I mean, I'm not comfortable with it. I, Nobody should be. Yeah, no, but but I, I'm I'm also not at a point like, a lot of people have gotten past it because he's paid his debt to society and and he he did something wrong and he learned from it and he matured and I, I just that that part of it will always just not sit well with me, you know. But I can I can get past it.
0: For the if he can perform on the field,
1: like I can forget it. I can forget about it for the three hours that he's playing a game on a Sunday, and then, okay, the Jets won. That's great. He helped us win. I'm still not a real fan of the guy. No. Right. You know. So I I I think I can put it in its place and not let it affect how I feel about the team. Do you think he has a right to play in the NFL? I, I mean, they, they, they let Dante Stalworth back in. Yeah, yeah, I think, he, I think he does. And he killed a guy. I know. A lot. He killed him a lot? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, he was, he was drunk and he killed somebody. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I know what you're saying. And I, th- and I think he's... I'm not trying to play the dog versus human bee. I'm just saying, from a criminal aspect... There are people that have done worse things, or not right. worse things, but there are people who have done as despicable things and they're let back in the league. Right. Because if he's out of prison, he has a right to get a job at a Burger King.
0: No, I know, right? I know.
1: But, I, but I, I get how some people feel like he doesn't have the right to go earn millions of dollars. Like if you if you're out of prison and you're going and you're working at a Burger King or a McDonald's for minimum wage, that's a lot different than going and being a, uh, an NFL quarterback. Right, but that's, that's his job. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just I'm just saying I get why people would have a problem with it. Right, I, mean, I, don't, ne- I don't I, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree because like you said, that's his job. Yeah, I think it's just going is the problem. Yeah. You know, like the average ex-convict who serves hard time is not going to be released and make $6 million a year. That's the problem. That's right. (laughs) You know, that's what people have a problem with. And and I totally agree with you. I understand that. But I think you put it very, very well. And I think this is what I – that's what I tried to sort of tell my cousin. Uh And that was, you know, you don't have to root for him. In fact, when he's on the field – if you want, and he's playing for the Jets, you can root for him to get hurt. I, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. You're never going to root for him. Right. But don't let that stop you rooting for the team. Because, first of all, they're not the first people to hire him. He's back in the league for four years. And, second, and secondly,
0: uh,
1: he, they're hiring him as a footballer. That's his job. That's what he does. You know, so I don't think you can abandon the team that way she's still, she's still not pleased okay so we decided to break this episode up into two because it was pretty long so that is the end of part one of episode number 170 we're calling it 170A tune in to part 2 170B please download it in iTunes and Stitcher uh, where we talk about some fun stuff fun load type stuff so anyway uh that's all for 170 a please go to itunes download the podcast go to stitcher download the podcast ready to unload with cal and sam Peace. see you next week